Howdy, y'all. This is Rhett Miller, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff here back again with another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Simplecast, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So this is episode 164. I'm calling this the birth of Stoner Rock. I want to thank Derek Tolmy for getting me started on this. Uh, you know, he proposed, oh, do something general on, on Stoner a rock. Uh, I can't remember how it started, but then I thought, well, what about this? And what about this? What about that? And then uh, he gave me a few ideas for, um, I said, well, I want to do the birth of Stoner Rock. And then he was saying, oh, you mean like Leaf Found and Blue Cheer and Black Sabbath and all that. And it's like, no, um, you know, I've, I've already done Who Invented Heavy Metal. I've done a Doom Metal uh, episode. Uh, Who Invented Heavy Metal was back at episode nine. We've done Doom Metal at episode three. So all of that stuff, I think I, I, I feel like I've talked about it a lot. And what got me excited about doing this episode was the excitement we had uh, myself and Tim Henderson and Mark Groman and Chris Bruni, Aaron Small starting Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles um, magazine in 94 and right around that time there was the uh, kind of the true birth of a of a stoner rock scene um, did I say this called the birth of stoner I feel like I haven't even said that yet yeah the birth of stoner rock um, uh, because yeah I I I'm confused because I want to touch down a little bit on on Doom and Sludge and stuff like that as well. But uh, but no, I remember right around that time it was really exciting at the magazine because all this stuff was coming out. There were all these these labels: Meteor City, TP, Man's Ruin, Rise Above. Um, that was putting out all this great stuff and we were getting sent promos of all this and we were loving it. Um, you know, one interesting idea I want to bring up before we get into this, you know, why, why did this happen? What is this exactly? So obviously in parallel, uh, you know, and, and somewhat overlapping in the same thing is the idea of doom metal. You know, like I say, when we did doom metal, we went from Black Sabbath through Witchfinder General and Trouble and Candlemas and Cathedral and Obsessed and St. Vitus and all of that. Um, so, so there's a doom metal thing, but Stoner Rock is a, is a little more, uh, a, a little bit more, um, you know, what should we say? It's, it's based on smoke and pot. You know, there, there was a, uh, I read a smart thing at Wikipedia by a guy named Martin Popoff. There was a quote there about how, uh, you know, uh, Stoner Rock started with Black Sabbath Sweet Leaf. And I kind of agree with that. I, I think the biggest influence on all of this is obviously Black Sabbath as a band. And, uh, and I really think there's something about that Master of Reality album that really is, is the start of this whole thing. But we're not talking about all that. We're not talking about, as I talk about, Aerosmith, Kiss, Bluish to Cult, Blue Cheer, Jimi Hendrix, Acid Rock, Cream, Led Zeppelin. Um, but, uh, but yeah, oh yeah, the point I wanted to make is that is Stoner Rock to grunge what hardcore is to punk. And what I mean by that is as grunge started burning itself out, um, is there this idea that, um, 
you know, what is the what is the coolest thing we all loved about grunge? We love the '70s heavy metal of grunge, right? Soundgarden, in a way, is a bit of a stoner rock band, right? Um, so, so the way that hardcore said, "Oh, punk has strayed too much. There's too much uh, artsiness to it. Let's let's make punk three times uh, harder than than actual punk." And so, a hardcore or oi scene is born. Either you know whether that's New York City or LA or London, but is uh, I guess what I'm saying is that is a stoner rock scene is one of the big influences that nobody talks about on stoner rock. Is it actually grunge, right? Uh, the idea of grunge, and of course um, the strong the strong strong doom things we were hearing from the likes of and here and here's the point. So so the strong doom things, but also stoner rock, uh, more increasingly things we were hearing from Trouble on the self-titled Trouble album, the second one, um, 1990, and Manic Frustration, 1992. So so Trouble is kind of a, a, a big band in here as well. But again, um, I'm leaving that sort of oeuvre out of it because it gets gets a little doomy. So um, yeah, just a couple other influences in the 80s. You also had the likes of Black Flag kind of kind of fits in here as well. Um, we mentioned Candlemas and Witchfinder. So yeah, down the doom thing a little more. Um, but yeah, there's 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 things that come out of a band like Black Flag, for example, that bring the punk rock influence, the California influence, and also the sludge influence uh, into this whole thing. Um, but yeah, so again, uh, what what I liked about this episode is I really wanted to talk about the birth of uh, the birth of Stoner Rock as it pertains really uh, to the '90s and the excitement we had when when all these things were coming out on these these small labels and they were really cool. They were recorded great. Um, they were catchy, a little more up tempo than Doom. There was, like I say, there was a big sludge thing going on as well, but this was more immediate and more into it. So let's let's get into. Um, what I think, uh, I, I definitely wanted to start with what I think is probably the biggest uh, band that invented stoner rock that isn't Black Sabbath. So take a listen to our first selection here on History and Five Songs with Martin Papa. This is Caius with Green Machine. Right, so I love me some Caius. So Caius is is essentially the big band. Uh, you know, this is 1992, so it's pretty early. Blues for the Red Sun. Um, this is the second album. First, there's Wretch, and 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 you hear in that album title, right? You hear kind of a grunge album, right? So I could have put that in my Grunge from Away episode, which was uh, actually that was just our last episode, right? So we did a Grunge from Away thing, which has a lot of overlap with this. And also, just a few episodes ago, we did Psychedelic 90s Metal, which also has a bit of an overlap with this. So we've kind of had a bit of a theme going as, as we're going here. So we're, we're kind of like painting in all the, uh, all the spots of the canvas with this, uh, with this similar music. But Blues for the Red Sun was a huge improvement over Wretch. So this is, you know, the Desert Session guys, you know, Josh Homie and John Garcia and all these, all these cool dudes. Oh, what's his, uh, what's his name? The other guy, the guy who was always naked all the time and on drugs. I can't remember 
his name, uh, but met him before. He's, he's a cool dude, and he's a big part of this whole thing as well. But anyway, so this whole desert sessions thing where you you know you start getting people working with different people, and there's EPs, and it's all small labels, and it's just a really exciting sort of thing. But you know, importantly in all, in this whole thing, number one, the the most important thing is this is an amazing album. It's a really really great, excellent, well put together sludgy stoner rock inventive album and it's super early for what i'm calling the birth of stoner rock here 1992 but importantly it's produced by chris goss now chris goss is super important in this whole thing as well because um masters of reality back in 88 produced by rick rubin you could say that was a bit of a stoner rock album it's it's slowly getting that way it's far too polished uh and then sunrise on the suffer bus was just very eclectic and not very stoner rock but chris goss is going to be in here producing a lot of these bands and then even masters of reality is going to sound more stoner rock on that on those excellent excellent the green and the orange album i I always forget which one is the really good one and the other one was not so good i think the orange one is the good one but yeah he's an important guy in the in this whole thing but uh but yeah so so caius uh there you go i think i think they're kind of uh one of the big ones in here or the the biggest one the number one band um and you know they they are leaving the scene already by almost uh what what i almost consider is even more of a birth year when we get up to kind of like 1995 by that point they're already uh you know and the circus leaves town caius is leaving town and that leads on to queens of the stone age which we're going to talk about later uh, but i'm not going to include a song by them um and i'll explain why okay let's take a listen to our second selection here this is sleep with the druid Okay, so sleep's an important one in here as well because it is early and uh, they're they're you know they have stoner in the in the lyrics of of two of the songs on this so that that's kind of cool and there's there's like pot leaves on the cover and it's sleep's holy mountain and then sleep is a band with all this uh, this drama and uh, you know the whole Jerusalem dope smoker thing the unauthorized edition you know most of their in, in important stuff is coming out when they're already broken up and the big thing is is Matt Pike goes on to High on Fire which is actually kind of like a one of the bigger stoner rock bands I always put high and fire and atomic bit bitch wax uh together but sleeps holy mountain super important um it's out on uh on earache um which is interesting so we've we've got this english label who's who's kind of uh you know operating in this zone um you know early on with cathedral which is doom um so yeah we'll, we'll talk a little bit about britain later um but they're in so their first album is volume one 1991 uh two uh, T- Tupelo, Tupelo Recording Company, Asleep's Holy Mountain, 1992 on Earache, and then Jerusalem and Dope Smokers, way late, 1999, The Sciences. Um, so, uh, but but this is just a really important band for that whole that whole pot feel of it. But also, this is a band that's instrumental in in starting sludge metal. The whole idea of sludge, which is a little bit different from stoner, um, and that's a whole another department because that leads to drone metal. <laughs> so uh, so it gets slower and less action-packed and everything uh but but stoner rock uh stoner rock's supposed to be 
kind of fun and uplifting and smoking pot and drinking beers and hanging out in the desert with a generator and playing with jamming with your band and all that kind of stuff right uh so sleep's a little bit on the uh on the uh the other end of it but but it does have that strong uh drug element to the whole thing all right uh so this episode of history and five songs with martin popoff is sponsored by better help without a healthy mind being truly happy and at peace is hard the good news is therapy works but what is therapy exactly it's whatever you want it to be maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work not dealing well with stress whatever you need it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy and now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History in 5 Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at Better help.com slash five songs that's better help.com slash five songs thanks again to better help for sponsoring this episode all right so we're going to change tack a little bit here uh this is a little bit of a contentious one um but we'll see what you guys think uh take a listen to this this is monster magnet with look to your orb for the warning Okay, I wanted to include Monster Magnet in here to kind of represent the fact that uh, there were there were major label things happening as well uh, in this whole stoner rock field, and Monster Magnet kind of uh, deserves credit for being for being early on and for uh, being out there and different. Dave Windorf is a huge, huge music fan. He loves his Hawkwind. Uh, you know, they weren't particularly trying to be very commercial, but they actually got fairly, uh, fairly commercial. Uh, you know, Power Trip was their big album. I remember the excitement around, you know, interviewing him in person. And then I had many phone interviews with him later. He's always a cool dude to talk to because he really knows his music and loves his music. So, uh, so this was off of uh, Dopes to Infinity, uh, like I say, AM, March 21st, 1995. So we're still early. This is kind of the ground zero year that I kind of consider. Um, Spine of God, though, 92, and Tab, 93, Super Judge, 93. So he's in there pretty early. And then they, they went on to make lots and lots of albums. But the sound is, uh, is uh, like I say, I guess it's a little more Hawkwindy. Um, not so much, uh, it, you know, straight stoner rock. It definitely has a big drug thing to it. Uh, you know, a big kind of acid trip feel to it, LSD trip, more than a pot pot kind of thing um and i also wanted to pick this this third slot here at to just talk about a, a little bit of that idea of the mainstream you know monster magnet was a little bit of a hyped band um so i think there's some jealousy of dave windorf and some resentment i i think uh you know there's kind of some bad vibes i don't know i, I just remember a lot of grousing about monster magnet but uh but you know also um this brings up clutch right clutch had the self-titled album in 95 you know that's that's a pretty stoner rock band in a lot of ways i think uh white zombie actually slow you know 
a little bit elliptically gets talked about in this whole thing as being stone or rock. Down, um, you know, again, right at this time, corrosion of conformity. Um, so these are more of the, the major label, label-y things um, that kind of fit in this, um, you know, the whole New Orleans thing. Um, is, is not exactly, New Orleans isn't a stoner rock capital, but it kind of got known to be like a NOLA sound capital. Well, that makes sense, I guess, but a sludge sort of uh, capital, right? Uh, who's that band that did... Uh uh, frozen corpse stuffed with dope that was a that was a great album title uh, but yeah so there was a lot of sludge there and and you know crowbar is kind of important in this whole thing as well so crowbar could be called a little bit of a doom band they had a little bit of a hardcore feel to them but they they're probably almost more so stoner rock and sludge than anything else so i think uh, i think crowbar uh you know deserves a little credit in here as well and of course there's the cross pollination with with down there as well, uh, and Melvin's Stoner Witch was in this year, 1995. So this is a this is a grunge band, but a late period, or not a late period grunge band, but but late period doing well. I, they they kind of got bigger as time went on uh, a little bit in there. Um, but uh, but definitely for these grunge bands, there was definitely a stoner rock sort of sound in there. Slow Burns 97. Interestingly, at this time you also had cathedral with supernatural birth machine now that was the one that had i believe it's like just the band looking kind of hippie-ish on the cover so you're away from the david patchett the classy uh david patchett artwork which went with the doom albums like pure pure unadulterated doom but you could say that they went a little bit in this stoner rock direction uh at this time as well and again uh, Lee Dorian with Rise Above, more of a doom label, but that, but kind of stoner, stoner rock as well. But yeah, Crowbar, I got a note here. Obedience Through Suffering is 91 on pavement. Crowbar, Crowbar, 93 on pavement. Um, Time Heals Nothing, 95 on pavement. So, um, definitely some, uh, some influence and some early stuff in there, uh, for, for Crowbar. All right, let's move on to our fourth track. Listen to this. This is Spiritual Beggars with Blind Mountain. Okay, I wanted to put this in here to represent Sweden. Um, you know, this is Michael Amet on guitars, Ludwig Witt on drums, you know, the, the perennial guys in this band. But uh, this is already their second album. So this is Another Way to Shine, 1996. So this is pretty ground zero for, again, this Birth of Stoner Rock, strictly speaking. And, or, you know, again, strictly speaking, I guess more strictly speaking, you, you got to go to that Caius, uh, that, the, the big Caius second record but uh again i'm always remembering uh this this great sort of uh hubbub of activity right around the second year of when we had the magazine so 1995 with all of this stuff really really coming up um but yeah sweden so spiritual beggars had a self-titled in 94 another way to shine in 96 and i also want to include them because they're really one of the best ones i mean they're an awesome awesome band uh, mountain uh, mantra 3 1998 ad astra 2000 and then they kept going they got a lot of records out and it's all really good stuff well recorded uh but sweden also 
also gave us Terra Firma. That was 1999. Uh, but Mushroom River Band, so an offshoot from this situation. Lowrider, Dozer, Greenleaf, Blind Dog, Sienna Root, Graveyard, Truck Fighters, Mammoth Volume, Witchcraft. So uh, I definitely wanted to give props. You know, Sweden uh, is, is always this country um, that had so much great quality metal and they were they were in on trends early or they started trends you know swedish death metal was a very highly highly regarded thing so uh so it's cool that sweden is also you know a big participator in this stoner rock thing uh early on and they're and they're a big band you know finland uh later has a lot of great doom right uh but sweden is uh is particularly good at this uh, at this stoner rock thing uh but i remember also around the time we had uh in canada there were some bands being pushed at us like chevy from out in the Maritimes, Sea of Green from here in Toronto, Sons of Otis from Toronto. Sons of Otis had uh, Paid to Suffer in 94, 96, Space Jumbo Fudge. I mean, what, what more of a stoner rock title is there than that? And, you know, I, I thought about including, uh, so I'm going to use this 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 Swedish, this world uh, slot here at number four, just to mention Britain, because uh, Britain gets mentioned in this a lot with uh, with mostly like uh, Electric Wizard, you know, 1994, uh, Orange Goblins in, in a little later, 1997. But you know, there's some big bands from this scene, but um, they're they're more they're more doom bands, I, I think. Again, and uh, you know, a, a funny funny quote. Um, where is it here? Uh, oh yeah, so so Ben Ward, who who I've interviewed. By the way, I, I wanted to mention this. So so in preparing for this episode, um, if you recall, I did these pop off archive uh, interview collection books, uh, and I've done five or six of them. They're all still available. In fact, anybody listening here, because they didn't sell that that well. Anybody listening here, if you want any of these, just hit me up, message me. I'll uh, buy one of them. I'll give you a second one of them free. Um, so we'll do a two for one if you want one. But anyway. Anyways, the first one I ever did was doom metal, and then I did uh, progressive rock, classic rock, hair metal, American power metal, and European power metal. So I've done however many that is. I think it's six. Um, but uh, but I was looking at the doom metal one, and uh, who did I put in here? So so this is just like I say, it's about thirty straight interviews, the Q and A with all of these bands. But we had. Uh, Tiamat, Penance, Cathedral, Down, Trouble, My Dying Bride, Cemetery, Typo Negative, Cathedral Again, Memento Mori. These are going to repeat because I have multiple uh, interviews. Amorphous, Down, In Ruins, Orange Goblin, Candle Mass, Typo Negative, Crowbar, Crowbar, Spirit Caravan. So Scott Wino, uh, Weinrich, of course, super important in this, but it's a little later. He had Spirit Caravan and The Hidden Hand. Sentence, Typo Negative Again, Solace, Tommy Southerd with Solace. They were an excellent Doom Band. Trouble, Bronx Casket Company, D.D. Verney, the offshoot band from Overkill, right? Uh, Down Again, Sentence, Rapture, so here we're getting into the finished doom. Trouble, Trouble, The Gathering, I stuck in here, Sentenced, um, Cathedral, Poison Black, Witchfinder, General, Candle Mass, Down. So yeah, most of this book is, you know, legitimately doom. I, I didn't really put in my stoner rock interviews in this. I guess I was pretty... Uh, pretty disciplined about that like not putting them in but uh but yeah you can see a little bit of uh, all the different kinds of of doom in there and uh yeah so on this british front again you'll you'll you've heard of a lot of british ones in there super important cathedral on doom got a little stone or rock rise above 
mostly kind of doom, a little bit stoner rock. And then, of course, there's even that other, I think I did a whole episode on that whole British doom thing, the, the next wave of doom, where you got Paradise Lost and, and My Dying Bride and all that. But, oh yeah, so yeah, I was going to tell you this quote. So Ben Ward said from Orange Goblin, none of us over here could write on the songs about drag racing beach buggies along a California highway like Fu Manchu do. I, I think that's that's pretty funny. And no American band could honestly capture the misery, despair, and pure hatred of Little Britain like Electric Wizard or Iron Monkey do. I think this is why UK bands were so averse to being labeled stoner rock or desert rock. To us, it has always been just metal or doom. There was a time in the late 90s when bands from places like Northern Norway were proclaiming to be desert rock despite living in 24-hour darkness. It all got a bit silly. So so I think that's, that's pretty funny. Let me see what other notes that we had here uh, in this section. Um, yeah, talked about all this British stuff, Canada, Sweden, yeah. So, uh, okay, so let's move on to our fifth and final selection. This is Fu Manchu with Redline. Okay, so I wanted to put Fu Manchu in here because I wanted to put something in here that, that you know, directly references what Ben Ward was talking about there. So you look at the cover of this album. So this is from In Search Of, and again, I wanted to pick it because I wanted to keep the timeline type. This is In Search Of is February uh, 1996. And uh, credit to them, this is the band's third album already, right? So they had No One Rides for Free, 94, Daredevil, 95, In Search of 96, The Action Is Go, 97, Godzilla's Eaten Dust, King, uh, King of the Road. You know, they're on Mammoth, right? California Crossing. So they, they got a little bit of success, these guys. You know, uh, what, what does it say? Yeah, California Fuzz Commanders, Fu Manchu, which featured drummer Brant Bjork. So there's another connection there. Uh, would embrace beach and skate culture, combining the brightly colored Americana, the Beach Boys with the gritty distortion of Deep Purple. Not not really true, but uh, if you look at the cover, so this is the band that looked like Hot Wheels packaging practically, right? So the 70s fonts and all that. So this is everything he's talking about there. The desert, the beach. So this is a, another big thing about stoner rock and, you know, definitely pot and all that sort of thing. So this is this is sort of the uh, the 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 happier end of this this whole stoner rock thing. So I thought that was kind of cool, um, and I wanted to include them as almost like the gateway band to when we get too late, but it's still very important. And that is Queens of the Stone Age with their self-titled album. So now we got Josh Homme moving on from Caius to Queens of the Stone Age. Big buzz around them. The first album, not so much, but Rated R was a big album. Um, what it was it called songs for the deaf or whatever um so basically um queens of the stone age is more like a late arrival um yeah so so 1998 for the self-titled then rated r um yeah feel good hit of the summer um uh let's see what else we got here yeah, so so definitely a big band, hyped band. You know, he obviously goes on later and even does that them crooked cultures uh, vultures thing with uh, with John Paul Jones, which is pretty amazing. Um, but uh, but yeah, there there you've got sort of the mature uh, stage of this stoner rock thing, and really, um, you know, the main band that is that is purely you know in there as part of it with the pedigree and being from California thing. That the really the the main band that that kind of made it big out of this whole thing. Um, you know, depending on what you think of Monster Magnet as as being part of this whole thing. Um, 
so what else can we say about that? I, I guess I guess nothing really much to add. Um, yeah, Derek told me. I, I guess uh, in a little, I'll just mention a few other bands that that he brought up in this whole thing. He gave me a nice little summation. Um, let's see. Uh, he mentions Dozer started around the same time from Sweden. Now there are quite a few from Europe. He mentions Acid King as well from the nineties. Uh, he does mention Soundgarden, kind of feeling part of this. Alice in Chains, eh, maybe not. Uh, but Coc definitely felt a little bit like this. Um, uh, you know, trouble. We got to remember also, um, plastic green or simple. Yeah. You know, plastic, plastic greenhead. Yeah. So, so there you've got yeah, a definitely a, a real sort of pot looking album in that. And then, so, so now are they more, are they less doom and are they more stoner rock? So it's, it's funny how these bands kind of got into it. Uh, Derek also mentions newer big ones, Woe Fat and The Sword, of course. Yeah. The Sword is, was kind of had some buzz behind him. Even Wolf Mother, right? Uh, a little bit from Australia kind of, kind of had that thing. Uh, he mentions uh, most recent biggies could be uh, 1,000 mods cadaver all them witches um john garcia from caius also returned in 2014 yeah so these guys were always poking around i remember in person going down and interviewing brant bjork on his solo albums and john garcia and uh, all, all, all these guys josh homie even but yeah there you go so that is uh that is our the birth of stoner rock but but with a very disciplined birth so um you know i don't know you tell me in the Facebook thing, is it born in 1992? Is it born in 1994, 1995? Just always in the, in the back of my mind without thinking about it very much. I always thought of kind of 1995 as, as the real, uh, the, the year that it becomes a codified scene. Put it that way. That's the year when it becomes a, a real scene and you start seeing the emergence of, uh, of you know, multiple albums very, you know, very regularly on Man's Ruin, on, you know, Jad, on Meteor City, City and TP Records and, uh, and and Rise Above and all this stuff. So once you've, once you've got labels dedicated this to this, there, there was a very seminal, you know, influential um, Meteor City sampler. Um, you know, a lot of these scenes start with these samplers, right? Metal, you know, metal in California with the metal blade samplers and the, and the, um, the deep six stuff, um, from sub pop and this meteor city one. So, so a lot of these scenes do start with these samplers that say, Hey, there's, there's kind of like a, like a trend going here or, or, a, or a bit of a scene. Um, all right. Uh, if you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi rhymes with no fee.com at, uh, slash Martin Popoff, hit that red support button, buy me a coffee or a pint, uh, on that front this week. Um, uh, chiming in have been, Joe Beck at Bel Air Expediting, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Bruce Campbell, Dominic Clay, Franco Dotto, David Fisher, Jim Molinari, Monty Olson, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, Stephen Samchuk, Andrew Smith, and Vinyl Resting Place. Thank you all very much. Uh, as I was saying, um, oh yeah, so yeah, if anybody wants any of these pop-off archive books, just buy one of them. Tell me what you want for your second one for free. So I'll give you a two for one on any of those. And by the way, they were actually priced pretty cheap too. I think they're they're 30 bucks instead of my usual getting up to high 30s with inflation. By the way, when I do the deal part two book, I might have to go above that, that $39. I probably won't, but um, yeah, a lot of inflation all over the place with uh, with trying to make books. Um, so yeah, these are cheap anyways, and I can do a two, two for one. Um, and yeah, the Doom one has all those bands I talked about. There's a lot of stuff in there. There were no pictures so there was a lot of words and the whole idea with those books was just like i gotta put this stuff out there so 
when I kick off, this stuff is out there in the world and not just trapped in my computer. So I just wanted to get all these this great interview archive going uh, and, and out there. And that's why I did six of them or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, the Bowie book is available. The Angel book is back as well. And that's all at martinpopoff.com. And I've been doing all this this art stuff, which you could see at, at my gallery at ArtPal and doing these prints and signing them and numbering them, limiting them to 70 and all that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks again. Um, go listen to some Stoner Rock. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.